Hi, and welcome to another episode of A Shot Glass of Recovery with your host, Julie, half of the dynamic duo that brings you the podcast, Two Sober Chicks. Hello and happy Sunday, happy glory day, as some would say. Nice to have you with me. It's been a long time since I've answered a listener question. So, I thought today would be a good day on Sunday. So, C, thank you, C, sent this in at the 7.52 a.m. this morning when I was sleeping and asked the following questions. It was regarding the worksheet that I had discussed in a previous podcast about how to start the big book. And C asked me, when you take your sponsees through the steps, do you typically read and explain the book or have them read it on their own and then just cover highlights. If you had a willing sponsee on average, how long from 1 to 12? So, because of COVID, I have changed my strategy for a little bit. Um, Usually, I try and discern the sponsee's needs. But because recovery is based specifically in the 12-step program on the 12 steps, I try and get them into the steps right away. And that's because usually by the time we come into the program, we're on step one, which is realizing we are powerless over our addiction and our lives have become unmanageable. And so what I do, for example, for step one, I would sit down with my sponsee and do my usual, how long have you been trying to get sober? Is this the first time you've been sober? Do you have any mental health diagnoses? Are you on medication for anything? Uh, What is the nature of your addiction, i.e., is it booze? Is it booze and drugs? Is it booze, drugs, and sex? Is it one or the other? Uh, Have you worked with a sponsor before? Have you been to 12-step meetings? Just like sort of like a 10 questions, just so I can get an idea of where they're at. And then we launch into the steps. So what I do is I say, here are the, here, this is what step one is. And I explain step one from my own experience. So What I would say for step one is you are here, you are working with me, so you wouldn't be here unless there was some sense of powerlessness and or unmanageability. And I talk about how step one is broken down into two parts, the powerlessness part and the unmanageability part, and how powerlessness over our addiction doesn't mean we um, are weak. We are powerless over a lot of things. The sun rising in the morning, what our kids choose to do with their lives. If someone's going to cross the yellow line and hit us straight on in the middle of the night. Um, illnesses. There's a lot of things that we are powerless over, but it doesn't mean we're weak. Then I talk about the unmanageability aspect and how that's typically harder for quote-unquote high-functioning alcoholics to admit because, like me, um, my house was clean and I wasn't suffering any legal consequences from my drinking because I never got caught. And I was dressed every day and my husband didn't know I was an alcoholic. And so it was like, to all outward appearances, it looked like I was managing my life. But then I talk a little bit more about how if you have to manage something, it's typically unmanageable. So how difficult it was for me to get out of bed and get dressed every day, how I couldn't check voicemails or emails, um, how I did everything hungover, how I just hung on to the time when I thought it was acceptable to drink throughout my day, those kinds of things. So after I've had a brief discussion with them about what step one actually is, 
I go through the book in the format I discussed on a couple of podcasts ago called How to Take Someone Through the Big Book, I think it is, or How to Start the Big Book. And I say, okay, now that I've talked to you about what step one is, and, you know, I ask them questions, are you powerless, are you unmanageable? Then I say, okay, here's how how much I want you to read of the big book, and I have a format that you're all welcome to have if you want to email me to soberchicks at gmail.com. I can send it to you. And I say, here's what you're going to read in the big book. Here's what you're going to read in the 12 and 12. And I want you to take note of everything that speaks to you that you're confused about or what you want to discuss. And when you are ready, let me know and we'll talk about it. And so a day or two later, or however long it is, the sponsee says, I've done my readings. And I say, great. Then we jump on uh, Zoom and I say, how did the readings go? And so I just ask questions. Was there anything you really identified with? Do you have any questions? Did something really stand out to you? Are you confused about anything? And then after we've discussed that, I say, how do you feel about step one? And we decide together if this person is ready to go to step two. Sometimes a sponsee is hesitant and I'm like, no, I think you're good to go to step two. And sometimes they want to move and I just have a gut instinct they're not ready. And so to answer the question C, um, we don't go through the big book the way I was brought through the big book, which is meeting with your sponsor once a week and reading together. I read a paragraph, she read a paragraph, and then we discuss and she tells me to highlight things and write things down and all of this other stuff because I have lost sponsee's um, vigor for doing the steps because it's been a long process going through the book and then finding out in the book, picking out where the steps are and what they mean. It it just to me was a real roundabout way of getting into the work of the steps. Plus, in the normal world or the world before COVID, if your sponsee is in recovery, they'll be going to meetings every week where the big book is discussed. You can find podcasts like Joe and Charlie that takes you through the big book. My job as a sponsor, I've been taught, is to get someone to their higher power because it's no human aid could relieve us of our alcoholism. The 12 steps are about getting someone connected to their higher power and doing the work. So it is my job to get some, and my sponsor would say, it's my job to get someone to God and bring them through the steps. So the big book reading and stuff, people can sign up for retreats and all that other stuff. I just want to bring people through the steps because I have seen the miracle of how it works in addiction. The second question is, if you had a willing sponsee on average, how long from 1 to 12? I took two years to do all 12 steps, which is ridiculous and not recommended. But I was afraid if I didn't feel fully grounded in one step, I couldn't move to the next. And the higher power steps, steps two and three, took me eight months. Um, I had a really difficult time with that concept. And, um, you know, sometimes also it's like you may finish all 12 steps but only have made half your amends and that's okay because amends are more about God's timing than our timing it's just about our willingness so I would hope that in a few months two three four five six months all 12 steps are done but I have sponsees I've been working with for two months that are already on step nine Um, I have one sponsee on step nine, one sponsee on, we're going to do her fifth today, and another sponsee that's in the one, two, three wheelhouse. So it really depends um, on the sponsee and the process, which is why I think as a sponsor, it takes a little bit of finesse and intuition. Tea break.
So I hope I've answered your question, Seek, um, well. And if not, please do let me know and I'll discuss it a little further. And if anybody else has any questions, please feel free to email me. The other thing I want to talk about is this really cool meme I saw this morning on an Instagram account called a safe place inside your head. And they posted today, what is acceptance? Which is a great question. And it has two rain clouds, one on the left rain cloud and one on the right rain cloud separated by a line in the middle. And under each rain cloud, it says it's raining. So what is acceptance is not when it's raining saying or thinking or feeling things like, I don't like rain. I wish it wasn't raining. My day would be better if it wasn't raining. My day's ruined. Every day looks like this. It's always like this. Why does it always rain when all I want is for it to be sunny? But what is acceptance? Under the rain cloud, it says it's raining. One word. Yep. That's acceptance. I love that. That has revolutionized the way I deal with family, friends, um, how I avoid conflict. I've learned when to be angry and when to not. But acceptance for me has been accepting who people are. Doesn't mean I'm tolerating abuse, but who people are. Let me give you an example. Yesterday, I took my grandmother for a window visit to visit her husband at his senior's residence. And I can talk about my family because none of them listen to this. And so my when I texted my mother, when she said, what are you doing today? And I said, I'm taking grandma to go see Len at the home. And she said, window visit? Question mark. My parents are real... Um, bossy, I don't even want to say right fighters, but they always want to get involved in everyone's business and tell everyone what to do. And mom said, window visit? Question mark. And I said, yep, exclamation point. And she said, well, I hope so, because grandma would have to be text tested for COVID before she goes anywhere near that. And she just went on and on about what she hopes we're going to be doing and what we should be doing if it was the other option. And I just didn't respond. I'm just like, that's mom. That's what she does. I don't need to take it as a personal attack. Of course, part of me wants to wanted to say none of my business or just going to help grandma. But who fucking cares? Um, my cousin, on the other hand, is just like furious and completely being consumed and eaten alive at her anger over stuff like this. And when I was with my cousin on my birthday the other day, she um, she was telling me how my mom's having another CT scan. And so she said to my mom, what after the 10th CT scan, what exactly are you getting the scan for? And I said, Amy, stop asking questions. Stop getting involved. You know you're not going to like the answer. You know it's going to go down a rabbit hole. Just say, I'm sorry to hear that. I'll check on you afterwards. Like learning to accept that crazy people are crazy. You can't talk to crazy. You can totally love crazy and be kind to crazy and have crazy in your life. There's nothing more I love than a crazy ass person in my life. It is the best. 
because I am able to stand back and not get pulled in. Some of my favorite moments in my life have been crazy moments. Like the time I had a woman um, repeatedly call alcoholics dirtbags when she knew I was sitting at the table and I am an alcoholic. I actually just ordered a canvas bag for grocery shopping that says dirtbag on it. So could I be offended and rail against it? Yeah, absolutely. A, it's fine to be offended. I'm not going to die from being offended. But B, if I look at it as crazy, it flips it and it makes it so much more enjoyable. What was another crazy moment? Oh, the time I went for dinner at a friend's house and one of the friend's family members didn't like that I agreed with this person's husband um, on his opinion about, I can't remember what it was. It was politics, I think. And she looked at me and pointed from across the table and went, you're out. Could that be, turn into a fight and me be upset? Yeah, it could. And first of all, again, guess what? Being offended won't kill me. And I don't have to talk about every time I'm offended. But instead, I flipped it and looked at this woman as an absolute lunatic and it made it fun. And inside, I was secretly whispering to myself, oh my God, this is amazing. So listen, acceptance is about not making something right that happened. It's coming to the point where you understand that it has already been It can't be changed. We can be a slave to something as long as we want. We can rail against things we're powerless over like it's raining. Or we can go, huh, huh, it's raining. Huh, that person's an absolute fucking lunatic. Huh, okay, huh. My mom really wants to manage the situation. Interesting. Um... It's not that hard. It's way harder to be mad and offended and a keyboard warrior that's like posting tweets and Instagram posts about what they don't like and unfollowing this person and why can't this be changed. There's a place for activism. There is a place for railing against authority to enact change. But let's get real. Most of the stuff that offends us is stuff we can't accept and stuff we get personally wrapped up in because our egos are way too sensitive. So acceptance makes life so much easier. I had a nice time spending the last 15 minutes with you on my Sunday. If you need to reach me, I gave you my email address and you can also find me. I posted, by the way, reposted that meme about it's raining and acceptance on our Instagram page, which is at two sober chicks. The picture of Lisa and I is from behind and we are holding hands by a roaring fire, which was last year. And on Twitter, the same name. Be well. Keep coming back. You can do it. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.